Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Ling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang, for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. It has been quite the offseason. We have been hibernating for a long time, but do not worry. We were always planning on coming back, and now is finally the time. Ryan alongside Wyatt, and we're not going to talk about ourselves because we have much more important things to talk about with our first guest of the season. They are the reigning UMAC champions, men's basketball coach of Bethany Lutheran College, Pat Garvin, joins us once more. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on again here, guys. I really appreciate it. And Always enjoy our conversation and, and looking forward to this one. So I'll give you a softball. We chatted a little bit before we started recording, but we said we don't want to hear a ton of details about your offseason until we start. So now is where this question will come. How has your offseason been? How do you pass the time? I mean, you shared before some of the hobbies that you have and whatnot. I know you still are a young dad. What has uh, uh, the offseason been like for you? Yeah, it was uh, it was a great off season. Uh, always always enjoy the off season. Um, obviously, did a little recruiting, but no, nobody wants to hear those kind of stories, right? So, uh, every coach was out this summer recruiting. So, um, but yeah, it was it, it was great. A uh, couple quick highlights. Uh, my wife, two year old daughter, and I uh, we had we were up in a cabin for about five six days around the fourth of July. Um, my daughter turned two in July, so she's gotten to that age of uh, she's really fun. Uh, obviously, some days are a headache, but she's she's super fun, uh, runs around and and ton of energy, great personality. So um, and she loves the water, which is really cool. So she loves the pool. And then when we were at that at the lake, she she loved being in the water. So it was fun messing around with her. My in-laws came through and uh, for a couple of days. So. Uh, that was great. And, uh, my wife and I actually got away for a quick trip to Chicago as well. We went down to, uh, went to a Cubs game, Cubs yes. Braves on a Friday afternoon yes. at, at, at Wrigley field. So, um, that was super fun. And, uh, we, we, we love Chicago, great food. And, um, we had both been to Wrigley once before. And, uh, so it was great, but it's always good to go back there as well. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great off season. And of course got some golf in along the way too. So, uh, I can't forget about that. Don't play as much as I did before I had, uh, had a kid, but, uh, still got plenty of rounds in. And, um, and so it was, uh, it was a great off season. I got a golf question for you, but not right at this moment, coach. I do have to ask though. And then Wyatt will jump in here maybe with something a little more serious. So Wyatt knows I'm a big fan of Chicago, been there many times. My dad went, went to college there, not important, but what is your spot for deep dish pizza? Because I can't imagine that you go there for the weekend and you don't get a slice. Where is your spot in Chicago? I'm putting you on the spot. 
Yeah, absolutely. Got to have some deep dish. Uh, I, I'm a Lou Malnati's guy. Lou Malnati's, Giordano's, those are obviously uh, a great spots. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're going to say you get one spot from the places I've been, uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to choose Lou Malnati's uh, for that. But I'm sure I'm sure there's some great options out there. Uh, people from Chicago, don't email me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Lou Malnati's is from the places I've been. That's uh, that's where I would choose. You're, you're a college uh, basketball coach, so naturally you're a college basketball fan. You know who John Rothstein is, I assume. He's an analyst. Absolutely, I do. I do. You know what? You know what he says stay, about stay hungry, stay humble. That's one of many of his great <laughs> scenes that I like. But uh, you know what he says about pizza, right? He says uh, never. Not that one I don't know. He says never waste calories on pizza outside of the Eastern time zone. So he'd be telling you you're doing it wrong. But <laughs> so you got to go New York style, according to John Ross. I guess. I guess thing. that's his thing. Right. I, I want to. So wow. Ryan, Ryan had mentioned uh, right off the bat he was giving you a softball. So along with that theme, I want to switch to baseball a little bit here. Do you get enjoyment out of this run the Minnesota Twins are on right now? For instance, your daughter, when she gets to the point where she can cheer for a team, are we going to persuade her? To cheer for the twins is it going to be more chicago what uh what what do you think about that are we twins fan or or what are we thinking yeah no 100 percent. she's a twins fan or she will be a twins fan i am a, i am a twins fan uh yeah uh love the tw- run the twins are on um big baseball fan I, I watch or listen to the twins almost every night uh, my wife gets tired of it uh and stuff, <laughs> but uh that's a great way she she loves baseball because she loves to be outdoors she doesn't necessarily she hates watching it on tv um, and certainly doesn't enjoy listening to it on our deck, but uh, we both we we make compromises and and make it work. So yeah, definitely a Twins fan. Um, that it's been it's been fun to see. It's nice that we finally have some starting pitching in uh, in the Amen. playoffs. I think I saw something on Twitter the other day that the last time they were in the playoffs, Randy Dobnik pitched game two. Um, <laughs> so it's probably a little better to have uh, Pablo Lopez out there for game two the other night. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's fun. We'll see, um, we'll see how long they can go, but there's nothing, ba- I mean, October baseball, uh, you get, uh, you watch, watching like the Phillies at home, you know, Philadelphia just gets rocking. It's, it's so fun when you, uh, when you see those stadiums going, uh, playoff baseball is living and dying with every pitch. It's, it, it's a ton of fun. I promise we're going to get into hoops talk shortly, but you had just mentioned that you compromise with your wife a little bit. And as we talked before we hopped on, I'm newly married here this summer. So if you could give me some marriage advice, what's your best marriage advice for somebody that's been in it a little bit longer than I have? Learn how to say yes, dear. No, I, just, uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I guess one maybe legitimate thing that is, uh, you know, like find a show. Right. You got to find like when you want to watch when you want to watch the Timberwolves and she wants to watch HGTV, you got to you have to find middle ground. So it's like a Netflix type show or a chopped could be one of our that's one that's one of ours. So your food network is kind of our compromise. So uh, unless you're an HGTV guy, which no knock on you if you are. But um, yeah, it's finding that 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 middle ground there a little bit. uh, agreeing on what you're going to watch at night might be a big thing. Coach, we will get into some more off-the-court uh, things that we want your opinion on, so we will circle back to that. But uh, we'll get down to business here for the next couple questions, I guess you could say. And why didn't I want to circle back with you to what happened at the end of last season? We'll have some specific questions on what happened at the end of the UMAC stretch and then into the NCAA tournament that you guys were able to play in 
at the start of March. But looking back, I'm not sure if you're a guy who watches the tape of the game against Superior and then the game against Hope and what happened in that ball game. But you got to write a headline for me, five, eight, ten words to sum up what you experienced from your seat last year for Bethany Lutheran College basketball to be back on top of the UMAC, to do it in the way you guys did it, where you didn't lose a game at home all season long. You were the favorites for a reason. I know you're not going to talk about yourself or don't like to, but we will on the outside. How would you sum up last season? And specifically, if you want to look at the end of the year, what would be your newspaper headline as head coach of Vikings basketball? Well, there's, there's probably a reason I was not a journalist or, uh, <laughs> I, as you were asking that question, I was like, what would my headline be? Um, and really, honestly, the first thought that comes to mind when, when I think about last year, um, or when I talked to like some of our guys that graduated was, it was just, man, that was fun. Um, it was just a fun group, uh, to be around. Um, they really, we talked a lot about just trying to enjoy the journey and I just felt like they did a great job. And like how many ever college basketball coaches there are in the country, they're going to talk to their team every year about, and you have to enjoy the journey, right? It, it, it's not some great outside the box thinking on our end, but those guys just did a, just did an unbelievable job of actually doing it um, and didn't get caught up. And, you know, we started 10 and 0, which was uh, a program record and, and played some really good teams along the way. And they just kept showing up to work and, and having a ton of fun. And you could tell that they were a really tight group in the locker room and off the floor. And that went a long ways in our success. Um, you know, if you can come up with some sort of, uh, uh, term to use with Sharma, that might be your headline as far as like, uh, hitting four or five threes, whatever it was, if you, if you could be creative that way, that was, that was super fun to have a graduated senior do that on the home floor. Um, but just overall the, the entire year and then, and then the stretch run, um, it was just really fun. Uh, they, they were a great group of guys. You enjoyed showing up every day and you can call it work if you want and, and showing up every day and going to work. And um, it, it was special. It was special. You don't, you don't go 23 and five on accident. They put in a lot of work um, and had a ton of fun along the way. Yeah. You mentioned how close knit the team was. And I look at not just the championship game last year against superior necessarily, but all season when you guys played at home, it's got to be nice to have the crowd that you guys have, the school, the community that you have. And I feel like it made a big difference, like I said, just not in the championship, but throughout the entire season. I mean, we were talking about the Twins earlier and how their home crowd has made a difference this postseason so far. Your students there at Bethany, I feel like, just bought into your guys' team last year. And I feel like that really showed in the conference tournament. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a fun atmosphere all year long, and, and especially in the conference tournament, like you said. And um, you know, I love, our, I absolutely love our gym. Uh, you know, you're going to, I tell recruits this all the time. I tell people this all the time. You're going to find bigger ones and you, you're going to find ones that you can call nicer. Uh, but I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would change a thing about our gym because when it gets full in there, we're on top of you, you know, and we have an unbelievable student section. We get a lot of other student athletes and uh, our baseball team and, and a lot of programs show up and, uh, and they do a great job and it, it is really fun. And, uh, I was thankful for the brand of basketball that our guys played last year, because I think we were a fun team to watch and that helps with, uh, 
with the excitement level as well. And, uh, but we're, yeah, we are, we're fortunate of the support from the community here in Mankato and then really on our campus as well from, from admin faculty and, and our students, we get, we get a great crowd. It, it's a ton of fun when you, uh, see the film and pictures of, uh, of that UMAC tournament and you got shoulder to shoulder up on the walking track up above. It's, uh, it, it was, it was special. So coach, take us back to that week and what you remember looking back now, months and months removed from it. You win the UMAC final on Sunday, the 26th. It's just such a high of a high moment. I you know can only imagine to be at that spot where you've been pushing towards all season long to get to the top of the mountain. But then Monday comes around, you get your, selection you know you're headed to be playing in Oshkosh Wisconsin against Hope and then you're preparing for the game on Friday that's the first time that you have been able to experience that in a head coaching position at Bethany what do you remember about that week as far as the excitement goes but then also the challenge to say all right we accomplished something really really great but now we have this opportunity to move forward even further what will you take away from that week looking back on to maybe, you know, we could hypothetically, why didn't I could, you know, say all these things about what could happen this year. We're not going to put you in that position because I know it's a long season ahead and who knows if you'll get there. But what do you remember specifically about that week in your position coming off of that excitement to then get your guys set for a tough test in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's, it, it was definitely a blur. Uh, you know, that was, I, I had been to the NCAA tournament as an assistant coach a few times and been fortunate to do that. And um, but the first time as a, as a head coach, um, and actually in all of my coaching, that was the first time I'd been a part of a program that won the conference tournament too. all, all my other NCAA tournaments we, were at large bids. And so, um, yeah, you do, you go from, from that absolute excitement to like looking at your staff, like, okay, so what's next? We got, we got selection show. What time's that at? How are we, are we going to, cause you don't pre-plan a lot of that. Uh, I have a little superstition where you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse type deal. And so it was getting all that stuff lined up. Um, and then, you know, we find out on Monday uh, and I remember talking to the team on, on Monday night and just telling them, Hey, the, the challenge remains the same, right? Like similar to what we talked about earlier uh, was, you know, the goal is to win the games on the weekend and then just show back up to work. Right. And nothing's changed. We, we accomplished a goal. Now we got to go show back up to work. And I really do think we had a great week of practice. We gave them that Monday off and, um, you know, but it happens quick. We, we practice Tuesday and we practice Wednesday morning and we headed to Oshkosh already, uh, on Wednesday. And then you practice out there on Thursday and, and get ready to play. And so, um, but I did think we had a great week of practice and we, and we were ready to go. Um, and, and so it, uh, but I think the biggest thing when you talk about that week, it, it was, it was kind of a blur. It, it was quick. Um, and it was an exciting week. It was a lot of fun. We, we really enjoyed the trip. Um, wish we would have played a little better, probably about the first 10 minutes of the, of the first half out there. But, um, and, and I knew, you know, when, when Hope's name popped up, uh, with that, obviously, you know, one of the winningest programs in division three history and knew they came from a great league, had not seen a play all year. Couldn't, couldn't have told you a player, uh, on their roster when they, when their name popped up and, um, pulled up the film Monday night and knew we were going to be in for a challenge. Uh, but we were excited for it and, and they just happened to play a little better that night. Yeah, they, you know, like you said, they played better that night. It wasn't the way you envisioned the season ending. And again, a great season and obviously not the way you wanted it to end. Has that kind of loomed in the back of your head in preparation for this season, just knowing 
that, hey, we can get back there, and now that we have the experience through it as a coaching staff and the guys you're bringing back this year, are you hungry maybe to try and get back to that point now that you've experienced it? Has that loss kind of loomed in the back of your head as you prepared for this season? Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone is it's uh you find a different way to be motivated right um success can either motivate you and make you more hungry or it can make you content right it's like all right you you did it once is that good enough for your career or do you want to gonna go try to do it again um you know we talked to our guys a little bit this year and uh that uh we actually listened to uh travis and jason kelsey they got a podcast i forget the name of it uh but they talked about it like recreating the mold obviously those guys were a part of some really good teams, the Eagles chiefs in the super bowl and things. And, and uh, everyone expects them to be really good again this year. Right. And um, so far, both teams are good, but uh, they talk about, you got to recreate the mold, right? You always have new faces. You're going to have new plays. You're going to have uh, everybody in your conference is going to have new team, new players, new plays as well. And so you got to find a way to recreate the mold and, and every year is its own journey. Right. And uh, you know, we're, we're excited about this group and uh and, and we'll see what happens, but we got a lot of work to do before between now and then. And um, it, I told our guys, if you start worrying about March in September, you'll never see March. Right. And so you got to You got to worry about today. Um, and if and if you can do that, you see what happens along the way. That's so good, Coach. Why didn't I just looked at each other and said, we got to clip that one. If you start worrying about March and September, then you're never going to see March. March is a it's a privilege. Pressure is mm. a, a privilege. I think mm. Billie Jean King said that. So not to you know keep quoting different people, but that's a that's a really good quote. That one will stick with me. You talk, Coach. I'm going to take you off the court here again to give you a heads up. But you talk about new faces, new players, bringing them into the mold and trying to do something special again. Well, that's what Team USA was trying to do in the Ryder Cup, but it's a much different animal when you go across the pond to Europe, as you know, as a golf fan. So I have to ask you, Coach, how do the Americans fix this thing moving forward where it's a so high of a high and then they fall down and they get smacked by the Euros and now they're trying to bounce back here in two years from now and maybe your favorite golfer, Tiger Woods, is going to be the captain at Black Page. But what what are your thoughts on uh, the Ryder Cup that took place here not too long ago, I'm sure you have a few thoughts on on the disappointment from the Americans. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know part of it, that the, some of the team dynamics is, and and this is easy to say when it doesn't go well, right? And and golf is such a weird sport from the standpoint of like you can go from three straight miscuts to winning the Masters, right? It, it, it's like one shot on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the difference, right? And um, so it, it is tough when you look at and you're making decisions on a three or four day time over in Europe. But in my opinion, like, don't worry about the good old boys club, take the best players. Right. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, uh, you know, like obviously, hey, like just like basketball coaches, you got to recruit your culture. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when you create some dynamics and create some adversity, uh, that brings the best out of people, right? And if you're too relaxed and you're kind of too casual, well, and it, Europe showed up with a little bit more of an edge to me and a little chip on their shoulder. And obviously the live and PGA stuff kind of all played a factor in that. And they happen to be playing better golf at the time too, um, all, all those combinations. But I'd like to see them, you know, hey, don't worry about, like Bryson DeChambeau, in my opinion, should have, I don't really like the guy. She probably should have been on the right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like uh, no knock on those guys that were, but it's like, I think he brings a little more to the table, but he's not, doesn't seem to be really well liked. So they don't, they don't, uh, they didn't bring him into their locker room. So I think sometimes you got to create a little, 
I think they were trying to make everybody feel good. And I love Justin Thomas, so I was excited he was on there. Uh, but there's no way you could argue his performance got him on there. Uh, he, he got on there because he's well-liked, right? So uh, create a little adversity. And that was, man, that was a bummer. You look forward to those things every two years. And that was, we, we were about four hours into that thing. And it was like, yeah. all right, what are we going to do for the next two days? Because this thing is over. So uh, that, that, was, that was disappointing. So that, that would be my... Uh, very uneducated D three basketball coach opinion, and on what the Ryder Cup needs to do for their for their uh, for their team. That's I, I mean I could go back and forth on this forever, and it's so fascinating. And I've told this to Wyatt and other people as well. It's one of those few sporting events where even when we lose, I can't turn away because it's so fascinating, and I don't dislike you know a lot of the Euro guys anyway. They're not like some of the past teams, but I'm glad you said a name because I was thinking in my head when you were talking. Okay, are you one of the guys who thinks Keegan Bradley should have been brought to lawn and? Who's the guy you're thinking of? So I'm glad that you know. You hey, know like you I, said I, Keegan Bradley, I'd, I'd have taken him too because again, he's got an edge. Like you saw, yeah. uh, I think what was that on on Friday when you know Rory and some guys were you know, like like uh, Keegan Bradley was going to be ready to he'd have been ready to throw down there. You know, yeah. like he, he'd have been ready to go. And you you need some guys like that, right? You need some tight team dynamics. You need some alpha males in your locker room. You can't have a full lock full a locker room full of them, but you got to have that, right? You can't have the same cookie cutter type personalities, whether it's basketball or golf. Uh, you, you got to have a variety, and uh, I, I'd have been all right with Keegan Bradley. Plus, he wears Jays while he's golfs. You can't. You, that's all right. You have a guy out there like that too. So, um, yeah, hopefully they get it. They get it figured out. And it was it was still fun to watch. And there was even some glimmers of hope at time. And I was like, all right, are they going to pull off just the most epic comeback of yeah. all time? But for about twenty it, minutes, uh, it looked like they had a chance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like yeah, you look back. You're like that, that was about three holes that it looked good, and the rest of them it did. So. Uh, but it, you said Europe, like Victor Hovland, how do you not love that guy? So, yep. uh, it, it is, it's different than watching like Ian Poulter. Then it was easy to yep. cheer against him, Preach. Right? Preach. Victor, yep. John Rahm, Victor Hovland. It's hard to cheer against those guys. I think so. Um, it, it, you wish it would have been a little more competitive though. All you need to know about Ian Poulter is he was the guy that said they should be allowed to carry tasers so that when a fan screams in their backswing. So that's that's where that guy's mind is. But anyways, what right. what, what are your thoughts on Michael Block? He kind of took the scene by, I, I, I don't know, mixed reviews. So I'm just curious what camp you're in as far as Mr. Michael Block goes. Ah, that was a really cool story for that week. Um, I do see him, him, him pop up on my Twitter every now and then and stuff, uh, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't followed him a ton since since that week. Uh, but that was really cool. I think uh, me included. Some people didn't realize that. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was some hack out at his local club. That first time he'd ever played in a tournament, that was kind of his thing, right? It was like he went around and played in tournaments and stuff, but. Um, that was a that was a really cool story, and I think I remember hearing like Scott Van Pelt like interviewed him on like Thursday or Friday when nobody even knew who he was. And they didn't interview him because they knew he was going to make the cut and make a run. It just was kind of a random deal, and then all of a sudden he he makes the run. So that that was a cool story for the week. And uh, but I openly have not followed a ton uh, since that. I see him every now and then, like I said on on Twitter. But uh, that was that was a cool story for the week. All right, very quickly, one last question off the court. I love college basketball. The only thing that's close to it or maybe a little bit better is college football. So our notes here are telling us, because I didn't remember this personally, <laughs> Coach, I talked to a lot of people. It's no shot against you, but you're a Nebraska fan? <laughs> I am. I am. Oh, well, sorry uh, about yeah. the way the things have been going. I, I don't know. Is Matt Rule the answer? How are we feeling the first half of you know his first season in, in Nebraska? Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you this. When he was hired, I was really excited. And uh, Hunter Nielsen, who will, I guarantee you will listen to this podcast, uh, was reminded me that everyone at Nebraska thought Scott Frost was the savior as well. <laughs> so, uh, but I do think, uh, yeah, I've, I've liked a lot of Matt Rule's press conferences. I think he's got, um, I, I like what he says. Obviously, you never know what a coach says in a press conference and then what they they say in a locker room and things like that, but it's certainly what he seems to be about on the surface. Uh, he's, uh, I've written down a couple of his quotes and ideas of team building and things. And, um, but boy, on the field, it's a, uh, uh, so Hunter is a diehard Iowa fan and my assistant Brandon is a diehard gopher fan. Um, and I am by no means as diehard as those guys, but I definitely cheer for for the, for the Huskers. And so, I told them the other day it might be the worst Nebraska team I've watched that I can definitely remember. And that's saying something, obviously, in a lot. I was very young in the 90s, right, so when they were a powerhouse and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but we're, we're still excited. We beat Illinois. Uh, I have no idea who, who we got next. Uh, I did catch the second half of that Nebraska-Illinois game, and that was uh, – neither one of those teams looked like they belonged in the Big Ten, but Nebraska found a way to get the win. So – uh, things will get easier when you get powerhouses like USC and UCLA in there as well. So uh, yeah. we're, things things are looking up. We beat <laughs> Illinois. I love it. I love that. But, uh, well, hey, you know, there's one college coach. I, I cheer for this team uh, some, and, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, he said this might have been two years ago after they won the first title. He said, we will not be hunted. We're the ones that do the hunting. We will never be hunted at the University of Georgia do you have to almost take that mindset into this year now that you won a championship last year? Do you, like you kind of said, everybody's motivated in different ways and there's no right way to necessarily do it. But are you kind of having that mindset a little bit of, we still have to be the ones that are on the attack? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're, if you're complacent and you're content with last year's success or two years, three years ago, whatever it is, you're going to get beat. Right. I, I don't know if, uh, if it changes things, right? Like from outside expectations and, and where you're picked in preseason polls and how much you're getting talked about in October, if that changes your level of focus, you probably weren't in the right spot to begin with, right? Uh, and so like, if you need to get picked third or fourth in the conference poll or uh, and things like that, now as coaches, you're obviously always looking for edges, right? But if you need that type of motivation, that's probably pretty short term and, sh- and short lived, right? The, the bulleted board material that that wears off pretty quick, right? And if you're always looking for those types of edges um, instead of just showing up and doing your job, then then it's probably going to be short lived, anyways. Um, and so, you know, our, our mindset is going to be to show up and, and do the work, right? And, and see what happens and, and enjoy the journey along the way. Um, try to have a ton of fun. Uh, but know that it's going to be hard work, right? It, it, it's going to be, this season is going to be hard work and its own journey. If we would have finished seventh in the league last year. Right. Uh, so, so what happened last year, I, I don't think really impacts things. If you're content with anything you're going to come up short somewhere where, where that is, is, is to be determined. But, um, and you know what, you can be hungry and motivated and sometimes come up short too. So, uh, that, that's just kind of the reality of athletics. But, uh, I do like that mindset that you, you always have to be, be the hunter and uh and things but uh i I think more so you got to focus on that daily process so speaking of that process not being complacent continuing to be the hunter 
Coach, our sources tell us that you have a pretty good roster coming back, and it's not just returners of guys who didn't graduate. You mentioned Hunter Nielsen. We could talk about Sagadol. We could talk about Ackley. We could talk about Patterson. We could go down the line and talk about a number of guys, but you also were working with the portal as well. So talking about your group as a whole, talent-wise, character, whatever you want to share, what specifically about the returning group do you like? Maybe that goes beyond what we can look at as average people in the box course from what we've seen. Yeah, we're, we're certainly excited about this group. Uh, you know, some of the new people, we kind of have a combination of, of uh, uh, some transfers and uh, six freshmen on the roster as well this year. And so we're really excited uh, about this group for a lot of reasons. It's probably one of the oldest teams I've coached in, in my time, certainly at Bethany. Um, although I guess a couple of years ago with Brian Smith and Malinkovich, as we started four seniors that year too. So of course they weren't all fifth year guys like, uh, like a handful of our guys are this year. So um, it, it, it's definitely a veteran team, obviously, you know, uh, say Dolan Madsen, not being seniors, but have played a lot of college basketball uh, with things, but we're excited about some of the new faces we got as well. We, we've got, uh, you know, Don Bangu, who's a Mankato kid that, that, that played at an NAI that's just played, he's played a lot of college basketball games uh, as well. And then we, we got a transfer in Keegan Heiderscheid, who came at semester uh, last year uh, from Southwest State in Marshall that, that we're really excited about uh, that hasn't played. He's kind of a dynamic of as far as a guy that's been in college basketball, but hasn't played in a ton of games. So we got to find a way to get him some experience and get him, uh, you know, that transfers that semester are always kind of tough. I don't, I never know if I handle him right. He, he's super talented, probably could have cracked the lineup for us last year, but when you come in at December, January, things are kind of set. Obviously things were rolling a little bit for us last year at that time too. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about his length and, and things. And, um, you know, and obviously freshmen are, are going to have to learn in a hurry and, and see what they can contribute for us. Um, but we're, we're, we're definitely excited about this group, but I bet, no matter what coach you get on here in early October, they're, they're excited about your group. And, and like we've talked about a couple of times already, we, we got a lot of work to do. We got to get a lot better and, and grow. And um, I'm excited to see how these guys handle the challenge. When is the first uh, day of practice for you? Yeah. So we, you know, division three, it changed a little bit this year uh, where you could have some flex days. Um, so we did a couple different, mini camps we called them uh in september and early early october um and then uh this upcoming weekend uh over the october 14th 15th is when we're going to start our official practice uh and and get rolling so we're excited about that so we've had a little bit on the floor um but uh we'll really get rolling here in uh october 14th 15th weekend here are you and you go for that first week? Do you afternoon, morning? Have you done both at the different programs you've been at as a coach? Do you have one you prefer over the other? How do you handle the first couple of days as far as practice times go? Yeah, uh, you know our mini camps we we did in the morning, um, kind of a combination of gym space slash there's some there's some things to be earned. Uh, I think when you get up at, uh, and you're ready to roll by, you know, 545 is when we started those, um, our first official day of practice will be at three 30 in the afternoon. Uh, and so, um, you know, we've done it in combination, uh, things, um, our guys have pre- with some preseason conditioning, they go in the mornings for things and, uh, things like that. So, um, we kind of mix it up throughout the year. We're, we're an afternoon, uh, practice team, you know, classes get done 
uh, we get in the gym and get to work. So Saturday mornings are usually like a seven, eight a.m. Um, depending on kind of when our women's team or volleyball team is going to going to be practicing. But yeah, usually about seven, eight a.m. on on Saturdays. So uh, no real science behind a whole lot of it. It's kind of that the old D three life, right? What, what time can we get in the gym, and what time are our guys not in class, right? So uh, it's uh, that's kind of how we make it work. I'm glad that you just said, Coach, the D3 life, because that rolls into my last and final question for you. It was quite the year overall for Bethany last season. I mean, you guys have the success that you were able to have, I think, all the way back to men's and women's soccer, how competitive you guys were getting into the UMAC tournament and being right down to the wire along with multiple teams, how good your softball was in the spring. As you know, Bethany baseball winning the UMAC conference tournament title, that gorgeous new indoor facility that you guys have on site available for your athletes on campus. So my softball question for you, and it's your job to knock it out of the park is, is Bethany on the rise? And if so, why? Cause it seems like it's been a, a pretty good stretch here for the last year ish. And I'm glad you mentioned the D three life because you're involved in a lot more than just the men's basketball program at Bethany. So give people kind of a look into what it, you know, takes, if you will, to run a, a D3 institution like Bethany and everyone, you know, kind of doing their part to chip in. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no no question that Bethany's on the rise. It's been, it's been on the rise in a lot of uh, different areas. You know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Bethany grad, so I, I look at um, where we were at competitively when I played to where we're at now, um, not just within men's basketball, obviously, like you, you, you touched on all of our successes, uh, both on and off the floor, uh, with, with, with all of our programs. Um, it's a really, really exciting time at Bethany. Um, the Lord has blessed us. There's, there is no doubt about that. Uh, I think it's three years in a row now we've set record enrollment, uh, and, and, and a lot of that, you, t- you talk about what does it take to run a, a D3, it, it really starts at the top. And our president, Pfeiffer, Gene Pfeiffer, um, could be wrong on this. I think he's been here since 2014 or 15, roughly somewhere in there. And uh, his, his leadership has, has done it. He's been great for us and in, uh, in athletics, but also outside of athletics and at Bethany with our growing enrollments. And, and that allows you got to have the support you got to have the admin support and the foundation with those things to have successful athletic programs. And then we've been very fortunate with a lot of really good coaches, uh, a lot of experienced coaches and coaches that are doing this for the right reason, right? They're, they're pouring everything into their student athletes and uh, the results, the results have shown. So it, it's really exciting that that field house is uh, the Bethany activity center is, is amazing. Uh, I, I, I get happy and jealous every time I walk in there, right? It's like, <laughs> Oh man, like I, I could use a, I could use a gym like this. Right. But uh, like I said, I love, I love our gym and uh, you know, it's uh, anytime you get a new building on your campus, regardless what it's being used for uh, is super exciting. And so we're just, we're very fortunate. Like I said, the, um, the Lord has done some great work on our campus and, and uh, we pray he continues to do so. And uh, we're really excited about you know, our soccer programs are off to a great start uh here in the fall already and uh we're really excited about that and uh we'll we'll see what this winter brings that last question for you coach i mean we gotta at least acknowledge the schedule before we let you go so you open you get a couple of the wisconsin schools at home and then you go with the game at simpson you host gus davis you have an exhibition against minnesota state mankato lacrosse is on there and then you start conference play hosting North Central and Northwestern, two of the teams that finished near the top of the standings a year ago. So 
it's quite the gauntlet early on. I feel like you're if you don't already know a lot about your team, you're going to find a lot out in that first month. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be a great challenge. Uh, obviously, we're excited about it. But yeah, there's there's some times as a coach, you're looking at that going, we're, we're going to find out in a hurry. Right. I think mm-hmm. we or I know we have the we have the Mayak champion. We have the American Rivers champion. We have the NAC champion. Uh, and we have the second place WIAC team. Uh, so you look at our region and our uh, our local the conferences in this area, and we're playing the top uh, of those leagues. And and we should. We're we're excited about that. It's going to be a great challenge. Uh, that's what makes this fun. Um, it should prepare us for our con- the pur- purpose of non conference schedule. Right is to is to prepare you for your conference. Uh, and I think we have a good balance of home and away, and some and some really good challenges. Uh, that we have. And, uh, as always, we're excited to see how we handle it. And, uh, yeah, MSU exhibition will be, uh, they, they got some transfers and they're going to have a really good year this year. And, uh, we're, we're definitely gonna have our hands full, but, uh, that's the way we wanted it. And, and we're excited about it. Absolutely. As you should be coach. Thank you so much for the time. We really do appreciate it. And, uh, we'll definitely be in touch and look forward to getting you back on once we get, into the thick of uh, conference play and talking a little bit later on down the road. But again, thanks so much for the time. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Again, as always, uh, really enjoy being on with you. really enjoy uh, what you guys do for the UMAC always with this podcast and um, excited to, to follow throughout the year. I think it'll be, uh, you know, we talked a lot, a lot last year about how good the UMAC was. And, um, I think it's going to be another great year in our league with a lot of veterans still in, in the league and, and a lot of really good coaches and uh, a lot of programs on the rise in, in our conference. So it's going to be a it's going to be a great challenge and it's going to be a lot of fun this year. You guys are going to have a, you'll have the fun job. Coaches, I don't know how much fun it's going to be for us. You guys uh, being the media or podcast guys and, and following it, you're going to you're, you'll have a ton of fun with it. And uh, I know earlier I said we don't look for bulletin board material, but feel free to give us some because I know our guys. Uh, <laughs> Our guys uh, listen to this a little bit. so But, no, I really, really appreciate being on here with you guys, and thanks a lot. Appreciate you. You're the best. Thanks, Coach.